Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping, and I will once again be your host for this week's episode. Thank you for joining me. On the show this week, I've got Scott Hicks joining me. I met Scott in North Carolina. He's a technician there. Um, He's going to talk about his journey in the automotive field, how he got to where he's at. And we're also going to discuss his transition that he's made from the European side of things to the independent or everything side of things and what he's experienced there. We'll chat about a number of other things in the automotive field as well, but it was great to meet Scott and we had a great discussion. Hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. With that out of the way, we'll jump in. And the reason I asked, I was like, I really thought they had stuff to kind of take care of. And it was like that. And David, on ASOG, mm-hmm. is always like, stop that. I'm like, what are they talking? And then, I, and then I'll hear it. And he's like, yeah, I can't get rid of that. And I'm like. What do you mean you can't get rid of these noises? Why are they even being picked up? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I don't do a ton of the um, in-person interviews. Most of my stuff's right remote, um, and it's tough to control what's happening oh. on the other side. Of okay, things, see, I know? didn't think about that. That makes sense because whatever's coming through their mic is what you get. Exactly, and I'll so. I'll try to do like a little test because I can see. The, give you like a noise the, it's, it's a waveform, right? Yeah. And, oh, audacity, yeah. And so. I can see, you know, if, if there's, I've edited it off now where I can see it where if there's like a lot of background noise or, you know, people do various things. They'll use a Bluetooth mic, they'll use your phone, they'll use this, they'll use the, the computer and it all kind of has yeah. its own little ins and outs. The ones I have the worst trouble with, and I think it might be my software that I use, but are the gaming headphones. So really? you got the headphones, and then you got the mic that's built into it right here, which you would think is fine, but for whatever reason, it picks up me on their end. So if I'm talking, what I want is just my mic on my end recording it's me, but it's recording on theirs too, and so then it's like echoing back yeah. um, through through the recording but yeah other than that it's just as long as people aren't like you know moving around or anything yeah. like but you know it's that's that's just part of it is uh you run into some technical difficulties yeah. just like anything else in life right, right? <laughs> i mean our lives you know, yeah 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 exactly yeah. yeah no no different at all and uh yeah waveforms right i get to sit exactly. and edit a waveform <laughs> um, <laughs> i know what um looks like as a as a waveform i've heard awesome. it, i say it so many times yeah Cool. Well, um, yeah, I already, I hit the record. I always do that right away. Um, why don't, uh, why don't you introduce yourself for everybody listening and me, I just met you like a minute ago. So. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hicks, uh, I've been mostly European working on European vehicles for, I've only been doing this about 15 years. I say only that's, you know, that's long enough, but yeah, being that I'm 40, it, you know, that, uh, okay. That, it would have been a lot longer for most people. I I was in the military, so I didn't start until oh, okay. you know, much later than most. What did you do in the military? Uh, 
Well, as little as possible. No, <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Uh, so actually I had, you know, I started out literally National Guard. I just wanted school for money or money for school mm-hmm. and um, to do that. And then I got sent overseas back in oh, 2006. Okay. Shortly after, you know. Sure. I, yeah, everything happened. So um, I was over there about a year, just under a year. Came back six months, went right back over there. So I finished out my time active duty military. Uh-huh. Um, but after that second tour, I was like, you know, not everybody's coming home. And, yeah. And the more longer I'm in, I'm going back if I keep doing this. So it's just going to be a matter of time before the chances get higher and higher. So that's because everybody's asked, like nine years. Why didn't you just, you were halfway there, just retired. I was like, can't retire if you don't make it back. So, sure. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, but when I got out of that, that's when I started, I, I gained my interest in really in automotive stuff. While I was there, um, okay, I did a lot of security detachment stuff, and I was attached to a unit that was, um, they did um, engineering stuff, like grading stuff and cleaning up, like when they would have stuff on the side of the road blow up, they'd uh-huh. go out and try to fill those potholes and stuff so that they didn't have time to plant IEDs there. So we were trying to fill all those holes in. So I was pulling security for those guys. And with that was a motor pool where they're working on stuff. And downtime, I spent my time sitting in a motor pool where they're working on or fixing vehicles and stuff. And I don't know. And then it just kind of started. Okay. So um, got back and spent a couple of years getting lost and yeah. <laughs> refound. And then uh, and then from there, I, I decided, okay, let's let's do this. And so I went to school and uh, you know tech school or whatever at a community college and. Uh-huh. Straight out of there, I was at BMW. Got a job working for BMW dealer, and uh, it wasn't very long because that's you know. Then we're moving into 2008 stuff, and everything's dying off. Sure. The way things happened, and so yeah, I quickly found that I wasn't going to be able to make a living that there. So I moved to an independent shop uh, that worked on at the time just BMWs and, and minis, uh-huh. and then years or later, we're like, oh, let's take on some more stuff. So we took on Mercedes and. Basically, as we gained an employee that came from a dealership that knew the brand well and, you know, really knew it, okay, now we can, and you feel comfortable someone's not just going to leave next week, something, you know. Yep. So, take that on and, and we'll we'll purchase the equipment for that and, you know, a new brand. And that's kind of how it grew into, you know, European stuff. So Okay. Um, I did that for, I was with them for about seven years and then... I actually had an injury where I was out of work for six months. Okay. And I figured it was time for a change. Yeah. And so I ended up leaving there and going to a Honda dealership, uh, basically because of friends I had and who I knew. And just that's where it seemed like I was going to get taken care of the best. And, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, if you're going to move, obviously, let's, let's find somewhere that's going to really take care of us and, yep. you know, be a good environment. So I went there. It wasn't long until I started feeling the same kind of pains I had in my shoulder when I got hurt. Okay. In the other one. So uh, I was like, uh, I don't know if I can continue to do this. And so rotator cuff or it was um a labral tear, which is literally uh, it was kind of right there with it, but luckily I did not, you know, tear my rotator cuff. Okay. So I arranged that. Um, and so but I'm sitting here, I'm like, what am I gonna do? I've got a young family to support and my wife's in school and yeah. Uh, I go up to the search manager and I'm just like, I'm almost in tears. I'm just like, what am I going to do? And he's like, we'll figure it out. Just like, it's nothing. And I'm like, 
Maybe you'll figure it out. He's like, well, I mean, can you sell? I said, I don't know. He said, yeah, let's give it a try. I was like, wait, what? So, okay. And, um, he can, I mean, he, he eased me into it. I, I picked up like uh, weekend stuff just doing that. And then I was, um, he just lightened up the stuff I worked on during the day so it could be a transition. And after the first couple weekends, he's like, eh, just pack, just lock your box, man. Come on. Mm. So there I went for the next three years as a service writer. Okay. So got to uh, see the other side of it a little I did, bit. Yeah. I did. And it, I mean, that was interesting. And uh, I actually was pretty decent at it. Surprisingly, I had no idea that I could sell anything. I never, I still don't consider it sales because sales still has a little bit of, you know, some people are like, ooh, sales is kind of slimy and kind of, right. you know. The used car sales. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what you, I'm like, ah, man, I don't, I don't want to sell. And it's like, I never considered what I did sales. I consider it building relationships mm-hmm. because if you just build a relationship, well, now somebody trusts you and rightfully so for the right reasons. And then they trust you. So mm-hmm. we can, okay, if you tell me it needs this, it needs it. Yep. It's no longer a, let me sell you this. And that's what I never, sure. that's what I couldn't get behind. Yeah. So, uh, I think service advisor is the best you know, title for that. Cause that's what you're doing. You're advising the people on right. what their car requires to, to keep it going down the road or to get it started or whatever. You just, you are that advisor and yes, you're, there are sales involved, but of course it does depend on where you're at, right? Like I worked at Firestone for a long time and those people up front were definitely trailed, trained to be salesmen, right? Upsell, upsell, upsell. We got to hit these numbers, you know, this and that. And I don't know how it's like it, you know, your dealership or any other one, but um, I've worked at other shops too, where, Hey, we're just, Here's your car. Here's what's broken. What do you want to fix? Right. right. I did some service writing too. I worked at a shop where I was both right as mechanic slash service writer. Cause it's a yeah. real small place. And that was it. Like, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Jones, uh, this is what's broken on your car. This is how much it would cost. What do you want to fix? That's it. And I, w- I wouldn't go any further than that. Cause I'm a terrible salesman. I mean, it's just <laughs> not in my nature. It's like, do you want to do it or not? Okay, cool. Whatever. <laughs> they want to do it. Sweet. Right. We'll get it out. Um, and, but yeah, there, there is some, depending on where you go there's definitely some sliminess out there (laughs) yeah I mean I saw it at that dealership you know I'd see some advisors and it's like okay that's what I don't want to do right there like you just see an interaction and you're like did you just tell them that like you know and it's so which I got the nice thing about that is is I actually like I said I did did pretty well with it and the service manager or service director he, he saw that and he's like so what do you think about being a service manager and I was like, I don't know. I mean, you know, does it mean I don't have to sit out here and do this? Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. Let's let's see what that's. So he actually yeah. made me a, a, a service lane manager is what they called it. And that's basically, I was still out in the service drive. And we was, this is a big dealership. We had um, like 40 bays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was fairly large. Okay. And at the time, we had 12 advisors, right. service advisors. Three lane wide, uh, three yeah, three lanes wide in the service drive. You roughly three cars deep, so okay. you have nine at a time, and they they were always backed up, uh, eighty to a uh, hundred and twenty cars a day, kind of thing. Wow, yeah, that's a big so, shop. So, uh, you know, basically at that point, I was just helping the other service advisors with you know, if they needed help with, well, with anything really. Hey, you got a customer issue? Let me help you with that, so uh-huh. you can do yep what you need to do. Um, or even if it was, you know, I'm nervous going here trying to sell them all this, you know, a lot of stuff and all this stuff. I said, 
come with me. Let me, let me, you know, let me sure. help. So let me show you how to do it. So it's not the lying or the, or the, how you feel uneasy about it. It shouldn't be, it should be just a, don't get emotionally invested in it, which is something that's really easy to do. When oh yeah. Your pay depends on whether or not you sell this. Uh huh. And obviously, you know, that's kind of like flat rate, right? It's, yep. it's the yep. same thing. It's, uh, if I don't get this done and I don't turn more, then I don't. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I can go both ways on that. I can see both sides mm-hmm. really well. So definitely, it's I mean it's a big motivator for sure. Yeah. Um, the, you know that's why it's in place in so many different shops because it's self motivating for a lot of people. Hey, it's my paycheck. Um, but yeah, there's the obvious bad sides to it as well. Right, um, and it's a. That's a that's a rough way to start as a technician too, um, or, or maybe a sales associate too. Just like you don't know what you're doing yet, but your paycheck depends on your performance. That that sucks. Sink or swim is not the way that we retain people in the industry. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that was my first job, and I was when I was in tech school. I befriended a guy there, and he was um, he was a little bit older, like I was, so it kind of just naturally worked that we kind of hit it off and had things in common, not just straight out of high school, like most of the guys were. Yeah. And he was at the BMW dealership. Well, my whole plan was, okay, I, I don't, I just had this fascination about, well, basically anything other than domestic. And it wasn't that there was anything wrong with those. I just had a fascination about BMWs, nice cars, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's funny. Even then I've had this car. I own a 1998 Honda Prelude. Okay. I have other cars. Nice. I've had other cars. Uh-huh. I still have this car. It's what I drove here. It's just, I, I just couldn't let go of it. And so I've always appreciated, you know, Hondas and Toyotas are, it used to be built really well. Sure. Yeah. yeah from and the they 90s. still are. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I wanted something outside of Ford and GM, which is the two programs they offered or the three, they had Ford GM and they had um, general, I think at the time they called it generic option, which they were changing because, People don't like the term generic, you know? Okay. So, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but that's that's fine. It's whatever you want to call it. And so he was there, at the, and he worked at the BMW dealership. So I got in with him uh-huh. to get an interview and meet some people and stuff, and it started there. And um, totally forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> so, yeah, so tech school, you met the guy. At oh, the, I, the, I, went, uh, I went straight into there uh, as flat rate, literally. My uh-huh. first automotive job. Oh, Okay. Like, and that was one of the things in the interview and I'm just and like, I'm excited to be here or whatever. And, and yeah. so it's like, well, how do you feel? I mean, how are you going to survive on, if I put you on flat rate? And I said, I guess I'm going to work hard and uh, spend the time here I need to spend and I'm going to learn what I need to learn. And, you know, and I guess that was the right things cause I got hired and, okay. um, it, you know, how was it? It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad. I was, I was much younger then and uh-huh. new to the industry. Okay. I actually didn't last at that dealership just probably under six months. Uh, the guy that I I met in school and uh-huh. uh, was working with, I was on his team there, I was doing some side work and I was young enough in the business to not, obviously I know that that's a conflict of interest. I get that. But yeah. I didn't really think a whole lot of it. I just, no. it had never been mentioned. No one, I hadn't talked to him about it. And so I was like, there was one job that I was going to do. And I was like, I really need, I really need a shop. Like, and so I asked him about it. He's like, I was like, do you want to help me with this job? And, you know, we'll bring us, is that something? He's like, yeah, just bring it here. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I stopped and I said, is it, is that going to be okay? 
well, I'm not BMW. It was a BMW. It absolutely was not okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, he's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I was like, okay. So here we go. After just right after we closed, pulling this BMW in, and yeah. um, the shop foreman had walked through, and he's like, what is that? <laughs> um, it's a BMW. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, there better be a ticket written on that. And I'm sitting there. And before I could say anything, he's like, yeah, there is, of course. I'm like, that probably wasn't the right thing to say. <laughs> Owning it now might have been better for us. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, obviously, he found out real quick it wasn't. The next morning, I'm sitting in the service director's office, and uh, he's cussing both of us out and everything. I mean, sure. he was old school. So it was literally like, we're getting we're getting a beating. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so he's, you know, he made it very clear that he hadn't decided if he was going to fire us yet or not. However... We would be the last ones to get raises. We'd be the last one to go to trading. We'd be the last one to get anything. Jeez. And, you know, my bay was literally, there was a window that looked into his office. Oh, no. And I said, <laughs> uh, I made it about a week. And I said, I I just have this glare right here. And I said, yeah, obviously, I've, I've made some mistakes. I said, I, I just need to move on because, you know, I don't want to be somewhere that's literally, I'm going to be held back the whole time because of an action I did. Mm-hmm. So I moved on. Pretty quick, and that's when I went into the independent side. So I didn't get a lot of dealership training at that time. But okay, but yeah, straight into flat rate though. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. Um, that's tough. Yeah, um, I got to do hourly for the first uh, like four years that I was a tech, which was nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, once I transitioned to flat rate, now I had four years under my belt, so I kind of knew what I was doing at that point. Um, but then once I finally transitioned. I doubled my salary sure. then the next year. I'm like, oh, why wasn't I doing this in the first place? But right. starting out, I definitely wouldn't have been at that point. You know, you just, you, you don't beat book time on stuff. Sometimes you double up what the book time says yeah. when you're, it's not only a new job to you, but the whole skill set's new to you um, as far as, you know, what tools to use and how do I deal with this broken bolt or how do I keep this bolt from breaking and all that, you know, all that right. stuff. Um but yeah, then once I transitioned, I, I did very well, but I was also young. I was in my twenties and be able to crank out that work. And yeah, you, you get a, you get a window of time where you're really proficient at that stuff and you can make the money. And then that's, then it, then it definitely slows down. You got to find, you know, different routes and avenues to be productive or make money. Um, and that's, that's, yes, I was actually in the exact same boat, you know, well, it took the, let's figure this out and let's, you know, it was really the the school of hard knocks, right? Like I'm learning the the absolute hardest way possible. Uh-huh. And oh the other thing I had not mentioned was so I I'm sitting here doing this this flat rate system, first job. I'm in school, so I'm only there half a day. Yeah. My bills are not getting they're they're getting real close. Like I'm it's like this is so I went to team leader and I was like, I really don't want to drop out of school. However, I don't really see another option. Yeah. If I drop school and I'm here full time I'll get more hours, right? And he's like, absolutely. I mean, you're going to be here twice as much. And I was like, okay. So against my better judgment, mm-hmm. um, I dropped out. Then it was, the thing is, is, I mean, I didn't have, I don't know, what's so say two years is the whole program. I uh-huh. probably had a semester left. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that far off. I started picking up enough. I've been working enough to, okay, I can probably survive and function and stuff like that. Uh, however, I still look back and I'm like, I really kind of wish I'd finished that just yeah. for the sake of it. Right. And 
So yeah, but, I mean, after that, I started, you know, learning and growing and, and I got to the point where, yeah, I could, I could turn some work out. Like typically one of the faster ones in the shop, if not the fastest one in the shop. And, and that's, that's great for a mm-hmm. while. Like you said, you know, you get to a point and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting sore. I'm getting tired. I'm yeah. physically, you know, or I just flat out don't want to have to go that hard anymore. Sure. Yeah. It's training, uh, you know, you're so, trying to turn out 20 hours in a day or whatever. And yeah, right. you're beat by the end of it for yeah. sure. I, I, I definitely experienced that quite a bit. It's like, I know if I had the work, you know, here, I could turn a hundred hours every week, but I'd be absolutely destroyed and tired at the end of the week. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, it was, it was, was kind of nice having the slow days. Sometimes, you know, you get two, three of them in a row, then you're like, oh, okay, this sucks. Um, my, the, the one I hated the most was where you would be slow all day. Like you're there and you're not really doing anything. There's no cars coming in, maybe an oil change or something. And then it's, you know, you're scheduled to leave at five and it's four fifteen, and now four cars show up and they want to sell all this work. And it's like, <laughs> right. they, they want you to do it. And of course you kind of want to do it, but at the same time, it's like, well, I'm going to stay late and maybe make my eight hours for the day. Exactly. Um, that, that was always a, rough situation for flat rates. Yeah, it's got, it's, it's got its negatives. For sure. Um, so now where, where are you at now? What's uh, so right now I'm at, um, Autologic of Greensboro. Oh, okay. And so I, I would, I guess as, as when I was the, when I went to do the service manager thing at the dealership, that lasted like I said, probably just over a year or so. And that service director, and, and he was phenomenal. He was, he got. He had finally had enough with this. This the management of this dealership. Yeah, um, it's a whole chain franchise. So, uh, and he was like, "I'm out of here. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, I quit. Mm-hmm. I quit my notice." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" So he left, and of course, everything he was trying to shield and block from you know upper management from us came rolling down really quick, and it was within a, maybe two months. My pay had dropped significantly. And the his boss at the time, which was I guess the fix op director or whatever, it's just you know a large organization. So he is coming in, filling in while they're trying to find a service director. And he's like, "I need you on the floor." I'm like, "Okay." So I'm back out on the service drive, just selling, right? Or yeah. Advising. And well, he changed my pay plan back, and he mm-hmm. actually cut the last one off. He's like, "I was like, where's my commission check?" He's like. Well, you weren't doing that job anymore. I was like, well, <laughs> you understand there's a huge difference here, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um So I was, you know, I gave it a couple of weeks. And I said, hey, so I'm, I'm down probably two grand a month right now at this rate. Uh-huh. And um, he's like, well, let's look it up. Numbers don't lie. Okay. So he does the math. And he was a very much numbers guy. So he's like, let's go numbers. And it was sure enough. He's like, well, it's 1990 something dollars, literally was what I was down like those two months or whatever it was. And he's like, well, I got a little bit of lead room. I can, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. And I was like, okay, cool. And he said, before your pay gets submitted, I'll, I'll look at it. And so he calls me in there at the end of the pay period. He's yeah. like, Hey, so yeah, this thing, um, I mean, it looks like you're doing pretty good. And I said, but according to who, <laughs> according to what I was doing, cause I'm not like, I told you, we saw the numbers. I'm, you know, yeah. two thousand dollars a month is a is a significant change. Uh-huh. And so he's like, Okay, well I'm gonna keep an eye on it. 
I'll make sure it doesn't go too low. I was like, okay. Literally, I think I made it another month or so. And it just every single one of them, he didn't, never heard anything, never had any help, anything. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't, I don't enjoy the job like I used to. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go back and work on cars. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I went back to the same independent shop, the European shop that I'd worked at for seven years or whatever yeah. before leaving to go in there. And that's what I had done up until two and a half weeks ago. Okay. So I went back to them and, you know, before I left the first time, I don't know if I'd mentioned, I, I ended up being their shop foreman and I did get on salary for the last couple of years I was there. And it was, Hey, you figured this out because I'm paying you salary and they need to turn hours. Cool. Sure. And I loved it. I did. Yep. It's, yep. I really, that's really where I cut my teeth on learning to diagnose things. I did a lot of it the hard way because I didn't have anybody mentoring me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I had back then was Scanner Dinner. Uh-huh. Like he literally, like I bought his book like when it first came out. Okay. He was still doing revisions and stuff all the time. And yeah. Um, so that obviously helped quite a bit. And But I learned it the hard way for sure. I didn't, you know, I don't edit training and stuff. I didn't have any of that. So, uh-huh. uh, but I really enjoyed the diagnostics, always did. And so, Okay, well, cool. I've got, you know, I can sit over here, and if it takes me four hours to figure something out, it's whatever, you're on salary. Come to find out, compared to what they were paying everyone, wouldn't hurt them at all, because I was, you know, I, I was incredibly underpaid for what you were doing. For what I was doing, especially looking at it back now, and even compared to the other guys that, you know, had zero responsibility, they didn't work weekends, and oh. uh, all these other things. Okay. They, they're making way more than I am, and of course, I'm there six days a week, and yeah, I've got to be the first one to open the shop. I've got to be the last one to leave, and you know, everything, everything. And so, um, but that part was really nice. It gave me the opportunity to really learn, and the opportunity to kind of, kind of make some mistakes because, okay, that was wrong. Wait, let me. And I had the chance to look and figure it out, and I wasn't pressured real hard. Mm-hmm. So that was that was nice. Uh, but I went back to them, and you know, at the time it was like, okay, going right back to flat rate. So uh, just head down. Let's just. Let's make some of that money up. Let's get back to where we were and yeah. and just focus on that. And I hadn't turned wrenches in four years, five years, whatever it was. So, uh-huh. you know, it was it was time to, you know, I just needed to focus because it was like a lot's changed. Everybody's like, no, man, it's, you know, it's not really changed. I said, you guys weren't out of this for four or five years. <laughs> a lot has changed. So, yeah. yeah, so I spend my days just, you know, I'd say the first year was just kind of a struggle for, especially the diagnostic side because I was just like, Nothing looks the way it was. Nothing acts, you know, there's so much new technology. There's so many new uh, strategies for figuring yeah. things out and copying yeah. things. So, uh, and I, and we had the, one of the guys that worked for me when I had left there, brilliant tech, one of the smarter techs I've ever met to this day. Uh-huh. And he was, he had become their shop foreman and that's what he did. He would diagnose all the stuff that was harder or he would help somebody or whatever. So cool. I didn't have to focus real hard on it because he would just take care of it. I could just turn hours. Sure. And so I did it a couple hours and then he decided he was, he was going to leave. And so by that time, of course, I'd known them for so long and I'd already kind of fallen into the role. Somebody needs help. Of course, I'll help you if he's not around or whatever. So naturally back into that kind of role and they're like, well, we don't want to shop foreman, but we're going to split it up into teams here. And okay. What does that mean? And, you know, so we'll just split the shop in half and two of us basically would dispatch work to the guys and, they need help. Of course, we do that and, you know, that sort of thing. So basically, two shop foreman is what it was. Yeah. And 
but when he left, all the dive started getting funneled back to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I say all of it. It, it, anything that was hard or anything that anyone struggled with or, yep. you know, or hey, this is a comeback. Uh, I need you to look at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You know, so, um, and honestly, it's, it's when I was doing it before for them and I'd learned what I'd learned and coming back and naturally falling into that role. I wasn't real involved with any of the Facebook stuff or online or, you know, yep. any of this until maybe a year or so ago. All right. And so, I mean, I had a community or two, you know, ITN back in the day, or mm-hmm. um, I bought my first Picoscope through Auto Nerds. So we had that, that group and yeah. you know, I had those resources, but not real active anymore. So uh-huh. um, I kind of like, eh, I'm pretty good at this. You know, this is, I'm, I'm a decent, you know, I'm better than a decent tech. I would consider myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I then fast forward to meeting and engaging with people online. I instantly was like, I don't know shit. <laughs> like literally, I don't like, I know nothing compared to these people. And it's just, it was incredibly humbling and which is great. Right. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to look at it and be like, Oh no, I was the best. I am. I am not the best. You know, everybody makes mistakes. I make mistakes. And, but I was like, there's a lot more to learn. And yeah. I, I had the exact same experience yeah. getting out into some of these communities and groups and stuff that, yeah, for most of my career as a technician working at, on cars, I didn't even know they, they existed. Yeah. Right. Like you say, ITN and you had the hotline at Identifix. I, I don't even know if right. you count that, yeah. but that was pretty much it. That's the resources that I knew. And then I'd go to some like Napa training events and stuff like that. Um, you know, where it's just some local guys, they get pizza and half the guys sleep. Right. Um, I didn't think there's anything beyond that until I started, it was really Facebook that got me into it. And then there was some YouTube stuff that I branched out into after that. And yeah, like you say, like I thought I was pretty sharp, you know, cause I was, I was the lead tech at my store and I got all the, you know, diag and stuff like that. And I thought I was pretty sharp. And then you start meeting with these, the people like at this event and there's just, there's just level upon level that are way above you. Um, or, you know, me personally, I felt, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm way down here compared to right. all the talent out there. But I mean, it's humbling, but it's a good thing too, right? Like, okay, I have that much more to aspire to Absolutely. and I can continue to pr- improve and continue to get better. And here's my examples of somebody that's doing it. Um, you know, I can at least strive to be like that person, you know, whether I do it or not, but I can at least, there's some room for growth, right? So you're not just stagnant. You're not just doing the same thing day after day after day. Like I can, I can get better. So that, that's a cool part about this industry and, and coming to stuff like this, going to events, getting in groups. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, you know, and it sounds like I kind of hit the same thing there. And uh, so I'd done a few world pack classes that were local. Yeah. You know, and I'm out of Greensboro over here. So a Greensboro high point area. So I had done, I think one in Greensboro at one point, I've done a handful down in Charlotte. Uh, and that, that was, that was it. Everything else was, there was a couple of online things back then that I, that I knew of, but again, at that time shop wasn't gonna pay for it and I wasn't making enough to pay for it. So, you know, it was limited then, but then, you know, like the last year, for instance, it's, I was like, Something just, and I don't remember, I'm trying to remember what like triggered it and set it off that like this whole other level of passion where I've got, I, I want to learn more. It's like, I was at first, it's like, I need to learn more. No, I want to learn more. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get by doing what I'm doing. I have for years, and there's people that get by with a lot less. But yep. I really enjoy diagnosing, and you know, I enjoy using a scope. Uh, and just thinking about all the things of what are people capable of that I'm not, mm-hmm. and you know, so I, I actually started going back through Scanner Danner's information, and it was like, oh my god, like I I know that, but some of that stuff I literally just forgotten because it's just not the way I tested. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, even basic scan tool data pits is not something that I ever started using until a couple years ago because Europeans, here's a factory scan tool. Aftermarket scan tool ain't going to get you anywhere. Here's a factory scan tool. Well, most of those give you test plans and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's going to get you everything you need. A lot of times, especially like drivability stuff, you can pick up a generic OBD2 scanner as long as it's, you know, a capable one. Mm-hmm. And you can get a lot of what you need, if not all of it. So Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, that's fascinating. Oh, wait, I don't have to have this factory level school or tool to, to diagnose something. So just all of it. And I did get the, the old shop to uh, sign us up for CTI, mm-hmm. their, their virtual classes. So okay. uh, I have been doing those nonstop. Nice. They go, they usually have them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights uh-huh. uh, at a couple of different time, time zones or whatever. Uh, I've had some that I'm doing two a night all week for weeks. Okay. Just because it's like I haven't had any training, had any training, and all of a sudden this opens up, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to wait for that to come back around. So yeah, yeah. I'm just like getting, you know, it's like a fire hydrant coming at me trying to take all this in. <laughs> but I've got to meet a lot of great people, and, you know, uh, a lot of them, they build on each other and stuff like that. So I would definitely say that I've, I've come a long ways in six months. Uh-huh. Um, from even where I was. And that's, uh, you know, then I was like, I, I got to get to an actual training event. Uh-huh. You know? and, and yeah, the classes are great. Cause I want some more of that. And everybody's like, the networking is really where it's at. The people mm-hmm. you meet and, and the connections you make and the, that kind of thing is, you know, the friends you make and stuff like that's really way beyond the, the classes. And I was like, really? And I was like, I guess, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And then I start getting into some of the, the, the messenger chat groups and stuff that are on there. People are adding you here, you know, if you, this group and that group. And so now you have somebody that you actually, you'll stop and help if something comes through. It's not like, yep. let me check. I don't really have time to get in that right now. I got to go do this job. Uh-huh. This is like, no, these are the people that'll help. Like I'm going to stop yep. right this second. I'm going to help because I know you're sitting there and you're stuck or something, or you need a piece of information that can't have, you can't get or whatever. And yeah, I mean, I've heard you talk about some, um, some of those, I don't know what kind of groups they are same kind of groups yeah. as far as, uh, mobile guys or uh, yep. EPROM stuff or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, you know, you get those networking people that, you know, it, it's huge. Um, right. Yeah. When you can get into a, you know, a chat group because it's, it's just a group of, I don't know, 10, 15 right. uh, guys that are all doing something similar or, you know, there's a focus for the group um, and it it's different than uh, like a Facebook group because you just, you know, anybody can post and it, like you say, it's not all, not always immediate. It depends on the group you're in, yeah. but those chat groups, like, yeah, you're probably going to get a response from somebody right now. And maybe not everybody has you, the, the answer for what you're looking for, but they'll point you in the right direction or they'll get you thinking about something else. Um, and to have that in your pocket when you're doing this stuff is huge. <laughs> it's, it's Absolutely. insane. Um, you know, if you, keep up with it too. You can see, Oh, this person has this problem that I hadn't seen before, but now I just got to watch 
him work through it, right? And maybe I take some notes or jot down something from that. And then two weeks later, I do run into that problem. Oh, I already saw him deal with it, right? right. Uh, that, that sort of stuff is invaluable as well. So, And then that's how you create those relationships is yeah. – you know, um, coming to events like this and getting to know people. I've had some people reach out to me like, Hey, can you add me some of these chat groups? And I didn't start any of them. I've been right. added. I'm kind of, it's kind of like, not that we're secret, but it's kind of like, well, you gotta, you gotta come meet these people and you gotta sure. get involved. And that's how we create those little, little small communities, um, to, in order to help each other out. Well, that's um, what the Facebook groups are for is to be, just to be in there. You, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. These yeah, are, yeah. these are a little more, Intimate, if you will. Yeah, right? yeah, that's a good so way to put it for sure. Is literally, more or less a local group. It's mostly North Carolina. There's a little bit right here in South Carolina, which I had no clue how many of these names and you know guys that are incredible that yeah are in other Facebook groups stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, this guy, you know. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm like, oh god, these people are in here. Like, I'm just gonna be quiet. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, realize I who I was around. Yeah, I've, so. I've had that too. Where I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like saying stuff. I'm like, oh boy, and then you realize like. Everybody in here is smarter than me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's definitely cool. Um, so okay, so the place you're at, you said Autologic. That's not the same like tool company, Autologic. Right? No, it's not. And and it's funny. That's how I first found out about them because you know originally the the other shop we had the uh, the original Blue Box Autologic sure. tool. Yeah. And we started back then with them. And one day I was searching. Uh, let me look up their websites. I need to you know Autologic. And it's like the hell is this you know mm-hmm. oh, it's a shop down the road I, what oh. so yeah and um that's i mean that and that was you know 12 13 years ago i mean that was a long time ago when i when i saw that never gave it much thought um again one of these locals groups i was in and then i you know and they like to give each other nicknames so i don't even recognize the names so now i'm looking at all this and i'm like who is that and i click on it and then it pops up the facebook profile and i'm like Oh God, <laughs> I've just been talking to, and it's like, you know, just, yeah. It, I mean, I, you know, we're all the same and, yeah. and, but it's, you don't feel that way when you're, you know, well, when it's somebody that you respect for one reason or another, right. or maybe, you know, a class they taught or some content they put out or Absolutely. whatever it is. And yeah, you're just kind of like, Oh wow. It's, you know, when you respect your peers like that, it definitely makes the interaction different. Um, and yeah, I experienced that at these events quite yeah. a bit when I'm, you know, working or talking to somebody or in somebody's classes. Yeah. You, you just, uh, you interact differently. When you yeah. got a lot of respect for somebody, basically, this is the basic way to put it. Um, but it's it's cool to be able to bump elbows with yeah. those kind of people too. Um, so the shop you're at, all everything, yeah. or they, they work on anything and everything. If you okay. drive in or roll in or yeah, right. you know. Uh-huh. So um, and and part of when I knew I was, I knew I was going to leave the other shop, and, and things were getting worse and worse in certain th- areas, and that's fine. And um, I knew I was going to do something. I was going to make a change. I had to make a change. It just, yeah. it, we had to make some moves. So I started looking around and I'm looking at what's available. Well, European cars is what I've worked on for 15 years. So I was swimming around. So, you know, with Honda there just shortly, I was like, well, let me look at the shops that, you know, just filtering out all the stuff that everything else, let's just see kind of what, what I know, who I know, what shops work on what, and I had it down to three, like before, like I, there was only three that I even wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I, I went and talked to 
somebody at all three. And I, I knew somebody, I personally knew somebody at a couple of them. And then the other one was one through one of these groups was, which is auto the one I went to, um, the owner was in this group and I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So we'd only had a little bit of interaction, but, um, you know, I ended up going by and, and seeing the different guys and like that. And part of the, the reason I made the, the choice to go there, uh, one, they, they literally just felt like you knew you were going to be taken care of hands down. I mean, training, everything like yeah. they're, they're going to send you to training. They're going to do that. You need tooling. Tooling was never an issue. He, he's has and always, uh, he is, and has always been a technician. So, you know, he has no problem buying tool. So, which is great because there's more scan tools there than I've seen in a building. Yeah. But I haven't been to the research center. So maybe that's, you know, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I hear there's walls of scan tools there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and, but part of the reason I wanted to go there was as much as it scared the absolute crap out of me is they work on everything. And now, that's going to challenge me. That's going to put me outside of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. which is going to also rapidly increase what I'm going to learn, whether I want to or not. I'm yeah. going to have to yeah. quickly. And so I'm still like, I mean, the first week was like, did I do the right thing? <laughs> you know, because I'm, it's just like I've touched like one Audi, which isn't even my strong suit. Like, yeah. Know? So I'm like, right. Uh, uh, and then, you know, a week later, I'm like, these aren't that bad. I don't mm-hmm. know them, but, Nothing's been like, oh my God, I can't figure this out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they've handed me some things that were really like really old stuff. Nissan Pathfinder, an older one or something. Have fun with that one. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, how long has this been here? So, you know, the new guy comes in. Let's give him all the stuff that's been sitting out back. Let's see what he can really do. And uh, that's fine. That's cool. Uh, you know, so I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. And, you know, let's, let's, let's forget about who's on the front of the car. Uh huh. How's the system work? Yep. What's it doing? Yep. Okay. Let's just go with that. Right. So that's, that's um, the biggest limitation. A lot of time is, can I get the information that I need to figure this out? That's yeah. right. Right. So, you know, just well, let's stop looking at what shape the engine is and, and what badge is on the front. And, you know, and that's after a couple of things like that, it uh-huh. was, you know, it was like, because you know, I get a, I get a repair order for whatever it is, and it's something, of course, I've never touched. And I'm like, I wonder how this works. I wonder what I got to do. You know, it's like, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. just go verify the complaint, see what it's doing, and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so once I kind of got a couple of those that I'd done, it's like, oh, this, they're, they're just cars. They're mm-hmm. all just cars. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I don't know if it'd been as easy if I would have went from domestic or Asian to European. Sure. However, being that I worked on European and. I mean, there's cars you can't find information for anyways. Right, um, right. It's, you know. I would imagine it's an easier transition, but it, it really comes down to what are you used to? Right. You know, what what have you become accustomed to? And then if you switch that up, there's going to be some hurdles that you got to get over. Right. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's all nuts and bolts. It's all electricity. And you find that a lot of a lot of the things are similar across all the brands um, as far, even, even coming to computer strategy and stuff like that, it's very similar. And then there's, yeah, there's little intricate intricacies here and there that are going to be unique to BMW or Honda or whatever. Um, But for the most part, if you can get the basics down, you can tackle anything and then, you know, reach out for some help or do some training to get that last, you know, little portion for all of them. Um, But 
Yeah, yeah, it's just about going for it. Like you say, like I'm just gonna I'm gonna dive in and force myself to figure this out and then you're better because of it. And then the more you do, I always thought the more you do, the more you take on, the more confidence you have to take on something else new, right? Because right. you're like, well, okay, I figured out this thing that I didn't know anything about. I'm sure I can figure out this new thing rather than when I first started, I'm like, oh, this is new. I don't know this. I don't think I can figure this out. Sort of it's attitude. Middle game, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Way more in your head. And that's, I find that, you know, even when I was a former team leader or whatever, the guys that I'm trying to help and, uh, and it's, I've always navigated towards that too. I, I, I didn't have the easiest path. A lot of that was self-inflicted. I, you know, I dropped out of tech school because mm-hmm. I needed a job. I needed money. Sure. And then I did. I went to a place that I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anyone that was like really good and that could help me. Like there was guys that knew stuff or whatever, but at the same time, it was flat rate. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to want to spend a lot of time with me. So seeing how much I struggled going through, you know, I've always learned lean towards. I want to help somebody when they need help, and I want like oh, hold on. There's an easier way. Let's think about this. Mm-hmm. And so getting people out of their heads is, is a big one. Cause it's a lot of, it's a mental block. And I, you know, I'm, I would say a lot of people probably still do it. I still do it. I'll go to a car and I'm like, you know, overthinking. I'm like, Whoa, whoa hold on. Just back up. Step yeah, up. Forget yeah. it. Let's go look over the computer for a second. What's the car? What's going on? Let's find some information, you know? And like if Brandon Steckler in his, some of his classes, Paul Danner, in the way he teaches, it, you know, they're, they're teaching you core fundamental concepts mm-hmm. they're not saying you know that they're not saying hey on this mercedes it's this on this bmw it's this it's this honda it's this it's no no no. this is how tachometers work this is how dc motors work this is how pressure sensors work uh-huh now they're all the same sure you know now like brandon steckler uses the 85 15 percent rule or whatever sure so 85 percent of all things on cars are the same. Yep. The 15% is how they choose to do it or, or maybe the strategy. And so, I mean, using that alone is, um, can really take you, you know, a long way. So definitely. Yep. Totally agree. Cool. What's, uh, what's your plans or hopes for the future in this industry? Well, uh, the two things I enjoy the most are that I've kind of, I've always enjoyed diagnostics. Uh-huh. So, Ultimately, if I could spend my days doing diagnostic, I've had a real pull towards mobile, uh-huh. right? the tooling and all that. And, you know, starting with my wife has been on and off in school because of kids and stuff. So she's still in school. Uh-huh. Granted, she should finish another year or so. But with me being the only source of income, yeah, four kids and a wife and a car and a house in it. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, I, I just can't take a risk like that right now. Yeah. Uh, going mobile on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but the concept is really intriguing because I get to focus on doing what I love and that's sure. I want to figure the problem out. Yep. Uh, the other thing again, and I, and I got to thinking about it this weekend because I got to spend some time with, uh, with Paul Danner mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Pollock, which is, he creates some videos for him as well. And just, I mean, incredible people. And so getting some one-on-one time with them, thinking about how I learned, how I came up and mm-hmm. what I didn't have and, you know, how much simpler this could be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's what I've linked together towards really having a passion for teaching. When I say teaching, I don't, like, I know you did, um, you did community college, right? Yeah. Right. And I've thought about that and I don't think that's a route I want to go. I don't, you know, I don't know that I would like it or not, obviously, because I haven't done it. I'm 
I'm interested in stuff like this. Like I mm. want to, or, or even CTI, their virtual classes and stuff. Like yeah. that, that's really appealing to me because mm-hmm. one, I know that, you know, it's, I've heard things in different uh, industries or different trains of thought where, you know, you learn something, you do it, then you teach it. Mm-hmm. The teaching is part of solidifying the, the learning it. So if I can teach it, I hope I know it, you know, or, you know, it's, yeah. you well, can tell someone who teaches something and they don't know it. Oh yeah, and for so, sure. For sure. So, yeah. If you really want to learn something extremely well, try teaching it to somebody else. You'll, right. you'll discover your own blind spots pretty quickly right. when you do that. If you're really, you know, honestly assessing yourself during that Absolutely. process. Um, so yeah, that's uh, teaching. It, it, there's, there's a, a pyramid of learning, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, teachings at the top, right? That you, you can do like, you, little, you know, lectures down at the bottom or whatever. And then there's steps up, but teachings at the top, like that's where you, the teacher are going to learn the most about the subject right. um, that you're teaching. So that it, is, it is a pretty powerful tool for sure. Yeah. So, th- I mean, those are the two things that I really have a, like a strong pull towards. That's the things that, you know, that's the things that excite me. That's the things that make me want to do more, want to learn more. Yep. Uh, it's not, you know, I mean, I, I could care less about hanging the parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll do it because that's what I need to do right now. That's yep. fine. Makes money. Um, yeah. You know, ideally, if I could have a job doing the diagnostics and, and mentoring or teaching others or whatever, I mean, it wouldn't have to be necessarily like this. It could be just... Hey, we got a shop. Let's let's or if it was a larger shop or something. And hey, let's let's train the younger guys the proper way and bring them up correctly. You know, spending time. Okay, hold on. Let's go through this. What would you do? Okay, why would you do? It? Let's get them thinking and just trying to get them to learn to think on their own. Because I find that that's probably the biggest thing is people don't want to stop and think about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, they get those blinders. Of course, flat rate. Got to turn hours. Got to turn. You know, which again is I don't love the system. However. Once you're good at it, you know, you can make a lot of money on it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've, I've done fairly well for myself on that. Uh, in the beginning, I, I struggled hard because. Yep. So, uh, however, I see it. I see it in others where, you know, you look at that job and you're like, they really do that? Did they, did they, they not put that back? Where's the bolts for this? Did they not? Why is this broken? Why is this bent? And, yeah. You know, there, there's, there's things that are. I think are completely acceptable to do that with to, to a degree. And I think there's certain parts of that. They're absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think putting somebody on flat rate and, and putting them where they're short on hours or something like that, you'll really quickly find out which way they're going to go. Yeah. So are they, are they going to turn into a straight hack mm-hmm. or are they going to do just what they have to and still do it right? Um, even even when I you know even when I got to the point where and I'm not talking about hey I can find a shortcut they told me to do this you don't do that at all you can just do this instead you know that that I think everybody should be doing you know let's just because they came out with it this way doesn't mean you have to do it that way so but you know if if, if I can bend this bracket back a little bit but then bend it back and put it back and there's no damage done mm-hmm. okay sure that's sure. that's yeah, fine yeah. that's I don't care about that you uh-huh. know uh, if you're going to take a bracket off and I ain't putting that back. That's going to take too long. Right. Right. Uh, what, what bracket are we talking about? You know, things like that. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. you find it real quick and um, that's what I'm not okay with for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it got to the point, even when I'm, I get frustrated when I'm under the gun like that. And it's like, okay, all right, I can do this and that's okay. And then I'm like, no, don't do that. But that's going to save a lot of time. You know, you, you go back and forth in your head. You're like, well, 
man, I could really knock this out. And then you're like, no, 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 wait, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you, know, you check yourself. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, um, some shortcuts are not acceptable. <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, some of those I've learned the hard way you do it. And you're like, Oh God, that would <laughs> snap. You know, right. It's like, uh, Hey, we're going to need some more parts. Uh, so, yep, yep, yep. you know, uh, we all been there, but yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what I would, I think I would enjoy doing. And you know, I say that cause you know, I know the diagnostic side. I, yeah. Hands down. I could, I could do that day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So right before I had left the other shop, that's what I did for the last three or four months. Okay. We've been talking about it, talking about it. And, uh, they had purchased a new building, they're renovating, and they're like, when we get over there, we're going to change all this stuff and do all this. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, you know, I keep having to help so much. And like to the point where I'm doing nothing but diag, I'm like, you know, I, I can't physically turn more hours diagnosing. It's, mm-hmm. I turn what I turn, right? Mm-hmm. Well, on flat rate, because I'm proficient at these things, I, I can you know, say double it. I don't know. And so as my hours kept dropping and dropping, I was like, so, you know, we got to do something different here. Yeah. Either I can't be your diag guy or we got to, if you want me that fantastic, I'd love to change this pay plan and do something that's a little more. Yep. So I got to do that for, I'd say three or four months. That, okay. Uh, it, that's, that's literally all I did. Even if I sold something, unless it was like, okay, this thing needs this fuse box. Um, okay. I'm going to put that in because I need to verify, to see what else is happening. Make sure there's nothing that I can't check right now because of something and things like that. But if it was like, okay, you know, I diagnosed this or whatever, here, you go put those parts on. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they had me stacked out for weeks on diag because it literally, as soon as that that change was official, um, you just I could see everything in my work in progress. Just, whoop, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, but, no, you know, somebody's over here and they're doing something, you know, they, they spent their hour doing their evaluation, preliminary checks and stuff. And then it's like, and they'll come over and you know, hey, it, I'm getting ready to, you know, I'm getting ready to replace this. You, and I was like, hang on, let's take a look and mm-hmm. well, let's check this and this. And then so they'll come back and like, well, this is what I got. And I'll be like, okay, that's not your problem. <laughs> that's not your problem. <laughs> and it's like, uh, what do I do? And I'm like, how much time do you have into this? Um, maybe let me have that and you go, you go do something else for a little while. Yeah. I'll be happy to fill you in on it. Um, even explain, teach you whatever you want to do. But right now, let's focus on you turning hours mm-hmm. because they want the money. They need the money. They don't want to, most people don't enjoy getting stuck on diag. Well, I mean, people here met, but <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right. I do. But yeah. Um, yeah, even when I was working on that, that one path I was talking about, it's, it was nothing crazy at all, but it, it was one of those things I'm over there. I'm like, yeah, and I, you know, I had, I pulled the scope out to scope a couple of signals and stuff. And they're like, oh man, I, I don't want to do this. This is what I live for. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I have to stop myself from pulling out the scope unless I need it because I can scope everything. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah, it's easy uh, to scope radical. all the things. You know, uh-huh. I, I, could, uh-huh. I could do that if I were allowed. But, you know, that's not the most efficient way. So mm-hmm. but, um, Definitely. Yeah, hopefully those uh, I'll get to do more of those too. Cool. So. I like it. Well, thanks for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. One more big thank you to Scott for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it. And it was great to meet him. Also want to give a big thank you to everybody that's listening to the podcast and all the feedback that I've been getting. Great stuff. Appreciate it. Keep it coming. Uh, It's great to get to meet at least online, but meet everybody and uh, share some stories and information. It's pretty cool stuff. So keep it up. And other than that, let's all get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.